the Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Adam Inkst of Titbits and Take Control Books, and then from Brian Schaffen of the Mac Observer. All this, so much more coming. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> we have Adam Inkst of Titbits and Take Control Books joining us with a big agenda of stuff. So much stuff that we're just going to dive in there, Adam. So I presume you had a great 2014. Yeah, 2014 was pretty good. A little too much work, but, you know, hey, it keeps me on street corners. Well, someone has to pay the bills. You know how it goes. Do people still hang out on street corners? I mean, is that, is, is that something they actually get to be, be, you know, happy that you're not doing anymore? <laughs> or is it more like it keeps you off Twitter, for instance? Well, the thing about hanging at street corners, if you do it in New York City, they'll stop and frisk you. <laughs> I yeah i suppose given what happened in 2014 you're lucky if all they do is stop and frisk you <laughs> so oh boy we're getting into politically incorrect <laughs> okay, territory here. moving on moving on and one of our recent radio station editions is wvnj which covers new york city so they're hearing us right now the people in new york i'm from brooklyn folks so don't make a big deal of this okay because if i was on the street corner back in the 70s or something they'd stop and frisk me that was probably because you had long hair um it wasn't that either short or normal i never had long hair i never did the long hair thing i just think it was because of me because i was tall thin but tall whatever anyway let's get on to, to other subjects here speaking of disappointments yesterday and we're doing this on Wednesday, January 14th. So on January 13th, I took a big box and stuffed in it Apple's 5K iMac and sent it back home to Apple. That was kind of sad. It, it is a sad thing if you have to send hardware back. I solved that problem by buying one. Oh. <laughs> I've been running on a 2008 Mac Pro. So I was due. And the Retina iMac, when that, when that came out, became very clearly the machine I needed. So I immediately, well, I won't say immediately. I waited until I could get to an Apple store, which is not easy for me because of where I live. And so on a trip to Los Angeles, I went to an Apple store where I could actually look at a Retina iMac next to a Thunderbolt 27-inch Thunderbolt display because I always work on two monitors. That was going to be the only legit, you know, sort of reasonable way to have two monitors on with the iMac. And I was concerned that the iMac would be so much better that it would actually be hard to look at the Thunderbolt display. And I decided that it it was not, although the iMac is a lot better. <laughs> I mean, when you can see it side by side, that iMac is just really gorgeous looking and the Thunderbolt, mm, not so much. Well, I've had this kind of odds on comparison here because I have my late 2009 iMac sitting here right now. And yeah, it has certain distinct advantages. Certainly the color display is richer. That's obvious. And the second thing you see about it is the fact that text just pops at you. Mm. But For me, it's all about the text. The text, you get closer and closer until your eyes can't even focus. And then, you know, if I take out my contacts so I can see really perfectly at an inch or two, you know, put my face right up to the screen, you just can't see the pixels. I mean, it's so pretty. And the text is is 
perfectly crisp and clear. And as I said, then I switch over, you know, just turn turn my face a few inches to the right, look at the Thunderbolt display, which was historically a good a good display, and it just doesn't compete anymore. Well, the Thunderbolt display is essentially the same as the other IMAX in terms of picture quality. Yes. It's pretty good. Now, the one thing you do see is a downside. If an app has not been developed for Retina, it seems a tad fuzzier than it does with a regular display. And that might be psychological by comparison. Yeah, I haven't run into too much that way, but it's possible that the apps that I would be running in that category would be things I would have on the on the Thunderbolt display anyway. I don't know, you know like calendars or TweetDeck or you know kind of more utility apps. Whereas the stuff that I'm really reading in, I, I always have on the iMac. I mean, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe that if an app hasn't been developed for Retina, it's going to just be its interface stuff that won't be right. It's things of the text, like text that the system is rendering will will still be good. Well, and if the text is rendered with some kind of graphic, that's where you see the difference. The I'll give you a distinction of that. For example, we use Audio Hijack Pro to capture the audio from a Skype connection for the show. Now, on the Retina iMac, most of the text is sharper, probably because it's inheriting the system text. But there's an area there where you can insert audio effects into your recording, where it says, click here to insert effect. Yeah, now, that is a graphic. Yeah, that's just a graphic. Yeah, so it tends to be fuzzy. Yeah, anytime when the when the system is rendering the text, it should be fine. So most things will will look good, even if they're not really specific. But uh, yeah, there you're right. The more they have um, some kind of a custom interface, the more necessary it is that they have uh, done the necessary adjustments for Retina. Now, in addition to the spectacular display, and we're talking about 14,700,000 pixels that that ATI or AMD graphics processor is pushing around. And the fact that it just barely stutters, even on the worst effects, shows they really got a good chip in there. Now, the other thing, of course, that does very well is just booting, launching apps because it has a fusion drive. So that's a terabyte fixed hard drive plus a 128 gigabyte SSD. But looking at the total capacity of the system, they add the two together. They don't merge them. So you're actually getting a little over 1.1 terabytes of storage, which is pretty good. Okay, that's that's fine. So I'm obviously not just suffering from display envy. (laughs) I'm just suffering from hybrid SSD envy because once it gets accustomed to the apps that you run and your file routine, everything runs almost as fast as a real SSD. So now I was faced with a dilemma. Let me tell you the story here very quickly. So I have a late 2009 iMac. Eventually it will be replaced. How do we fix it? So the first thing I did was sometime back, I went from eight gigabytes RAM to 16, which shouldn't have made much of a difference But in the Windows virtual machines under Parallels desktop, I didn't see the system slowdowns around it. So evidently that was gobbling up a lot of resources, even though I wasn't allocating so much memory to it. That's the first thing. So the second thing is, all right, maybe I should see if I could review somebody's terabyte SSD, right? So you and I both know Larry O'Connor from Otherworld Computing. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, hey, can you get me one? And he says, yeah, sure. So Monday, I installed an SSD on the old iMac. Now, have you ever taken apart an iMac? 
No, I have not taken apart an iMac. You've read about the process, of course. It's definitely one of those situations where for a long time, I was glad that I had a Mac Pro where you simply took the door off and all of the internals were just sitting there looking at you. <laughs> as, as opposed to, did you actually have to do like the whole like suction cups on the screen and everything? Yep. They sent me a kit. <sighs> the kit includes two suction cups, red suction cups. It includes the torque screwdriver because you have, was it eight or whatever torque screws holding the LCD in. They gave me a special heat sensor that fits on the drive to hook it into the circuitry so it can monitor the drive temperature, okay? The entire installation probably takes more than an hour. It's not as hard as it seems. You know, the suction cups, you just pull it out, and there's the glass comes out in your hand. <sighs> and it comes forward, and you lift it, and you stick it on like a towel, which is what I did. You're going to enjoy this. The second part is the LCD panel. You remove the torque screws. Those are six-sided screws, by the way. Why does Apple choose six-sided screws? Tell me, what is the advantage of a torque screw? It keeps most people out of it. <laughs> okay, it has to be that because... That's the only thing I can ever figure out is just that it makes it so most people don't mess because you have to go and buy the whole set. I mean, I have, I have a set of those things because you need them for almost anything. I mean, they even went weirder on some of the iPhone stuff with the pentalobe screwdrivers. We'll talk about that in a moment. We have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books having fun. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Yeah. Did you want to see me, sir? Well, I did, but now that I do, I'm not so sure. Sir? Johnson, I got a mission for you that could change your life. Oh, good, sir. It involves traveling halfway around the world without so much as half a clue of where you're going or what you're going to do when you get there. Situation normal, sir? Uh-huh. Well, I'll be leading this mission, Johnson, so I'll be telling you what to do. You, sir? That's right, Johnson, and I say first things first. Oh, good plan, sir. And what I say is first is food. Always remember that, Johnson. Food is a big deal. Sir, my brother-in-law can give us a really good deal on some surplus MREs. Johnson, if you've got half a brain and that empty head of yours, you'll call the freeze-dry guy like I did. That food is better for you, it rehydrates faster, and it's good, Johnson. And it keeps for up to 30 years. Will we be gone that long, sir? Well, I hope not. Now get your supplies organized and meet me down to the pier at dawn on Sunday. We sail at sunrise. Yes, sir. This adventure is brought to you by the freeze-dry guy. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. The dilemma of torque screws and pentalope screws. And I think what it is is that when they were putting this stuff together, Jonathan and I have said, what are the most difficult screwdrivers to get? Oh, Torx. Okay. Pentalope. Ah, the joy of it. And he's sitting there with a cup of his English tea. No, no he's not pondering this. This didn't happen. Okay. It does. It's, it's, it's a screwdriver. You open the screws, you pull out a bunch of wiring harnesses, and there's the whole thing. Right there. Well, I don't want to use the word as a Jewish word for this, but it doesn't matter. You see the chassis with the drive right almost in the center, like the upper center. And the drive removal process is no big deal. And you put in the drive and you reattach the cables and you put back the LCD after you kind of, you know, clean it, make sure it's clean. You pop back the glass in position. You plug it in, you turn it on, that's it. It takes about an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how slow you are. You just have to be careful. I mean, it's not hard. It's involved. And you can download videos online to show you how to do it. You know, OWC has it. iFixit.com has it. iFixit will also sell you the tools if you want the tools from them. The key is here, if you remember adding RAM to the first generation iMac, the Bondi Blue, where you had to take the whole chassis apart. You don't remember that. I never had to take one of those apart, I don't think. You're so lucky you didn't have to do this. Yeah, we never we never had. I mean, iMacs were one of those things that until, well, Tanya got one mm, two, three years ago. 
But basically, until the 27-inch, the newest 27-inch iMac, they were not really up to snuff for what we wanted. You know, that we needed professional level Macs with you know high performance, high expandability, you know, support for multiple monitors all that kind of stuff and it was only really in the last you know four or so years that that's become possible and so before you know i i've always bought the the power mac uh, power max that i always bought the mac pros you know um and just big tower units because they were the best for what i needed to do and it's only really with you know when the basically as i said the, the the mac pro went from being a big tower unit to being the the the, the cool round unit where Okay, I just couldn't justify needing the the current Mac Pro. It was too expensive. It wasn't actually any better for my needs than what an iMac is right now. And I think a lot of people ran into that that the whole concept of professional versus consumer really changed at Apple in the last, you know, 5 years where they're really isn't a distinction anymore that most professionals probably are going to end up on iMacs. Apple is basically cannibalizing its own product or people who just would never have bought a Mac Pro because it's just too darn expensive, but need a pro machine will buy an iMac 5K because unless you're running apps that need more than four cores and you must have, you know, all the separate monitors and everything, 5K is, is it? It's really a good value. Anyway, getting back to the SSD, so everything is installed in my iMac and I start it up and it takes a couple of seconds longer for the little Apple logo to appear. But once that happens, it took 15 seconds from startup sound to reaching the desktop and another 15 seconds or so to launch the five startup apps <laughs> that I use. Now, compare that to two or three minutes with the original hard drive. An SSD upgrade is the most important thing you can do. I put an SSD in that Mac, old Mac Pro of mine. I can't remember exactly when, 2010 maybe? And it was like night and day. As soon as I saw that, you know, we immediately got SSDs for sort of all of our, all of our machines, including the laptops at the time. You know, we had um, original unibody MacBooks, 13-inch MacBooks. And just getting those OWC SSDs in there made them l so much faster. They were a little expensive at first. I mean, the SSDs are definitely, definitely not cheap. But when it came to getting this Retina iMac that I have in my desk now, I went straight for the SSD. I didn't mess with the, the Fusion Drive. I don't have a ton of data. I don't do video, you know, you know much audio, big things like that. So I can fit within 512 gig. And, um, and I can pop on an external drive that I need for backups and all that anyway for external storage. So it's, uh, it was, for me, it was better to have just the, the straight SSD and not mess with the fusion drive. But you're right. The, the speed of an SSD is almost mind boggling when you haven't experienced it. Now to look at pricing, Apple charges $800 for a one terabyte SSD upgrade. Now, Otherworld Computing, that's a fairly standard price there. Mercury Electra 6G, which is what I have, the one terabyte, which is technically 960 gigabytes formatted, is $478. That's not so bad. And I think there's a point that's going to be reached here, maybe, I don't know, another year or two, where they get that price below 350 or 250 and you'll never see a fixed mechanical hard drive again. I think that's where you're going to have the magic bullet. They got yeah, to get that price down a little bit lower. 
there's definitely a point where spinning disks will only be used for, I don't want to exactly say offline storage, but for the storage where you really don't need it every day. You know, where it will be a backup. It will be where you put all your ripped videos um, so you don't have to have the disks. You know, those kinds of things where you need terabytes and terabytes of storage and disks are going to be cheaper for a long, long time at that level. But for what most people need in most computers, uh, I mean, where I think we're close to that already, I mean, SSDs are already where all the laptops are going because it just makes too much sense. A spinning disk in a laptop is a recipe for disaster and it's slow. So, you know, why not go SSD? And the other thing, of course, is running temperature. And you'll find, for example, on this iMac with the SSD, and it's running right now, we're doing a somewhat disk-intensive task, which is capturing the audio. It's running at about 101 degrees. The entire computer, the power supply, which is generally the hottest running component, is at 142 degrees, which is about 10 degrees lower than it usually peaks. So I kind of suspect the SSD, because they run so much cooler, makes the entire computer run cooler and therefore prolongs the life of the other components. What do you think? It certainly can't hurt. Temperature is really the bane of most electronics existence. And not even so much the temperature, but the heating and then cooling. So if something stays at the same temperature all the time, that's not much of a problem. But the the, the, the spaces, the specifications are so tight in these computers, the tolerances, that's the word I was looking at, the tolerances are so tight that the expansion and contraction as things get hot and then cool down and hot and cool down um, is what can really wear out electronics in sort of modern day times. And so, yeah, anything that keeps the the uh, temperature down is a good thing. And of course, it makes it means it's using less energy. So the only bad thing about this is, as I can say, where I am right now, it's about three degrees and my office is a little chilly. Used to be way warmer with that Mac Pro and pair of Dell monitors pumping the heat out. So <laughs> this new computer and new Thunderbolt display are not creating nearly as much space heating. <laughs> well, there it goes. Here in Arizona, as we speak, 50 degrees. It will be 65 today, and through the week, it'll go up into the upper 60s to mid-70s. <laughs> Do you feel jealous now, sir? No, because I can go skate on my pond right now. Adam Inks is going to skate on his pond for just a moment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Headlines. Suspensions. FCC investigations. That's man cow for you. Hear him here. G-C-N. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. We live in a complicated society. 
Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial just like the one you're listening to right now no other network provides the level of customer service we do when it comes to radio advertising we are your one-stop shop and no matter how big or small your business is we can help email us and advertise at gcnlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website advertise at gcnlive.com easy affordable effective As a parent, one of my greatest concerns is for the safety and well-being of my family. But no matter how concerned I am, it doesn't take the place of taking action and preparing for the unknown. I plan by having a GoFood savings account where I allocate a little money each month to have health store quality food delivered to my door at budget store prices. Although GoFoods are storable for 25 years, they are family mealtime favorites even today. My family asking to eat the food that we are storing lets me know that when we only have the food we stored to live on, that we won't have the added stress of eating unfamiliar or undesirable food. Buying GoFoods is investing in the future of my family. Convenient packages allow me to buy according to my budget, and I get free shipping on my monthly orders. To set up your GoFood savings account, call 800-648-9753 or on the web at www.storefoodnow.com. That's 800-648-9753. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books joins us. We were talking about the SSD upgrade that I just engaged in for my late 2009 IMAX, and now it's got a few years of extra life left on it. Now, the only thing that's nice about this is normally with a review process like this, they're going to want the hardware back, you know, 30 to 60 days, but they don't expect me to take this iMac back apart again. They really don't. So I don't think they're going to press me. I mean, I might get a call from Larry tomorrow and say, you know, Gene, you were able to do it once. What's the big deal? 
but we'll see, you know, but it works fine right now. So we'll leave it be SSD upgrade. I think that when these things get down to like $250, $300 for a terabyte, there's going to be an avalanche of sales of people taking their old hardware and dumping the hard drive because, you know, a five-year-old computer with a hard drive that's been in steady use, that drive is on life support, isn't it? Yes, yes. Drives have, uh, they're not the best uh, or the highest reliability to begin with. And particularly as the prices have come down and down and down, which makes them great. I mean, you know, when you spend, you know, so little on a terabyte or two terabyte or three terabyte drive now, it's hard not to buy them almost. <laughs> you know, those of us who remember, you know, 30, gigab- 30 megabyte drives and then, you know, 100 gigabyte drives to have, you know, these three terabyte drives being so cheap is, is just, just compelling. But the trade-off is reliability and they just don't have fabulous reliability, which, you know, you, you buy another drive, you make a backup. Backups are good things. All right. There you go. In fact, I also had to replace one of my backup drives that was really going bad. So that was it. Now, we're going to talk now about these stories that have come up that maybe Apple's software quality has kind of hit the skids. But the first thing I want to address is why do you think Apple has opted to make it so difficult to upgrade your computer compared to where it used to be? Oh, I, I think the, the answer is fairly obvious that when you're doing the kind of design things that they are in terms of, you know, you look at the, the thickness of the iMac, it's insanely tight and you simply cannot build things that have that kind of tight design and still make them accessible. Apple is is building objects that they consider to be works of art, and you know you don't you don't have works of art with big exposed uh, Phillips screw heads showing. So they're going to be doing everything they can. Plus, when you get into the laptops, you really want it to be as small and light as possible. So, for instance, you know we don't have removable batteries anymore, and the reason why we that is because. They take up more space. You know, you can't make a removable battery, you know, that doesn't waste some space on the mechanism for getting it in and out and for making it into a very specific uh, shape that, that makes sense for removing and reinserting. When if you just sort of build the battery into the whole thing and it's not user replaceable, you can have it be whatever shape you want it to be and you can fit it into the nooks and crannies and things like that. You know, it's all about getting the size down and keeping the aesthetics high. So, yeah, not going to be a situation where you're going to be able to do much on on repairing Macs in the future. I think the one thing people would tend to upgrade would be memory. And if you make it impossible to do that, and right now very few Macs allow you to do memory upgrades. In fact, the basic iMac, 21 and a half inch iMac, you can't do it. On a regular iMac, it takes, what, five minutes? I I think the answer there, honestly, is that memory is cheap just buy more to start. Very few people need more than 8 or 16 gig. I think 8 is the standard pretty much on all Macs at this point. 16 is really pretty easy if you think you're going to be using a little bit more, you know, if you're sort of a more intensive user than most people. And it's only really the people who are doing serious video, high-end data processing, etc., etc., who need to be dumping as much memory in as possible, and they're probably going to use a Mac Pro anyway. You know, so I, while on the, on the one hand, I agree, yeah, it would be nice if the memory was more accessible across the board. It's also 
one of those things where Apple can just put enough memory in so that it's not a problem pretty easily. Well, I think the thing that bothers me is even the Mac Mini, where you could upgrade memory, they revise it so you couldn't. Was that the price of cutting $100 from the thing? The Mac Mini was kind of a disastrous upgrade. I mean, it's, it's worse in almost every way than the previous, previous version. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that one. I think that one's an outlier. It does, doesn't, I mean, if they had made it the size of an Apple TV, then I'd say, yeah, suffer. You know, if you've got something down to that size, then, then yeah, you get what you get. But they didn't really change the size of it. You know, it's still the same, still the same basic form factor and taking out the optical drive made it a little bit smaller, you know, a little bit less tall, but uh, I don't know why they, uh, they, they chose to lock that one down more. It, it almost felt like they, they, their heart wasn't really in it. It looks to me like they tried to cut costs as much as possible. So they evaluate the cost of using soldered on memory as opposed to separate chips, the assembly to remove the chips and maybe that's two dollars more to put in that stuff but if they're really trying to cut costs that's one thing now the other hidden factor may be just what percentage of macs come back for service because somebody wanted to upgrade ram and they got into trouble oh i can't imagine it's very many i would think that it's just you know again people either People either know what they're doing or they take it somewhere and get it done. I, I, I really doubt that there's a significant service aspect to it. Well, let me point out here. I was talking about upgrading the iMac and using the suction cups to take the glass off from the top because it's held in place by magnets. But with the newer iMacs, the real thin ones, mm-hmm. they're using some sort of adhesive tape. Yeah. That's a mess. Yeah, and again, that's why I really don't think people are going to be doing too much of doing too much of that either. You know, the iMac is the worst one, obviously. Uh, there are there are, the the Mac Pro isn't too bad. I think even the well, actually, I take that back because the MacBook. I think the MacBooks are completely unopenable now, aren't they? I haven't bought a new MacBook in a while. Well, so. of course, the MacBook Air you can't. The MacBook Pro with Retina display you can't. But there's an older MacBook Pro, like a legacy MacBook Pro. That one, I think, you can upgrade memory on. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there is a certain level of the reason why in the past you had to upgrade the memory was because you were buying it at a time when memory was very expensive. And memory is just not that expensive now. So, yes, it increases the cost of the Mac a bit. I mean, it would be interesting to go look, but if you, my guess is that if you max out the amount of RAM in pretty much any Mac, you're probably not going to be paying more than like 500 bucks total, and that's maxing. So, if you're talking a couple hundred bucks here and there, um, you know, it's not, it's one of those situations where if you think you need it, you should just get it. You know, that it's not, uh, um, it's, it's just not worth fussing. I mean, you, you, it bothers us because we're used to situations where, you know, you bought something with, you know, you know, a, you know, I forget, I'm even forgetting the numbers even, but, you know, you know, where you would have something where it would have, you know, a gig of RAM and that would be a really, really big deal. And, and you, you wouldn't buy more RAM right then because you just couldn't afford it. But now, you just 
get more. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, bumping the the MacBook Pro with Retina Display of the 13th up to, from 8 gig to 16 gig is 200 bucks. So, sure, it's going to be cheaper if you do it from somewhere else, but not much cheaper. Well, and actually, I think it's about half the price if you go to a third-party memory supplier. Well, right, but that's but that's that's sort of my point is is that for a hundred bucks in in the in the price of the price of the whole thing, it's not that much, particularly once you take into account the amount of time and or labor necessary if it's not going to be if it's not going to be super easy to open. So it's just not that high a percentage of the entire thing. Mac in the days when memory was much more expensive as a percentage of the entire entire unit, it made a lot more sense to buy a small amount of memory early on, and then when the price the price came down to buy more. We have Adam Inkst, and he's here for more. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com the knowledge of the ancients, tried and true, trusted herbs and extracts fused with the latest nutraceutical science. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. For the last two years, our team has been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to develop the ultimate nutraceutical formulation. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit ancientdefense.com or call 888-253-3139. That's ancientdefense.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. 
most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey Guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey Guy. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. As promised, as we continue with Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books on the Tech Night Owl Live, let's look at these recent complaints about a decline in Apple software quality. And the meme is that Apple is trying to do too much too fast, so we get a buggy OS 10 Yosemite, a buggy iOS 8. And just as an introductory point here, if you look at the reviews of Yosemite at Apple's site, it's only getting like two and a half out of five stars. It's not <laughs> getting the love. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, right now, as we speak, it has 20,231 ratings. The average rating for the current version is two and a half out of five stars or two and three quarter stars. And a hefty number of people give it one star. They don't like it. What's going on here? Well, I do think that Yosemite has problems. I don't know that they're large problems, but there's a lot of niggling, small annoyances. They don't necessarily even seem to affect all that many people. You know, it's not like, oh, everyone has this problem with, oh, people were just complaining on, on my Tibbetts Talk mailing list about troubles with, you start renaming a file and then you get a spinning pizza of death for, for like 10 to 15 seconds. Which is ridiculous. I mean, you, you should be able to rename a file instantly, but I'm not seeing that. Several people on the list were. Yeah, so this is so it's it's widespread enough that you know multiple people are seeing it, but not widespread enough that everyone's going, Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Similarly, I've got a weird situation where for some reason my finder periodically decides that a single click on an item in the sidebar should open that item in a new window for no reason. I fixed it once by deleting a preferences finder plist preferences, and a second time I fixed it by restarting the Mac. You know that's that's just kind of craziness. You know that, that such a thing should happen, and that's the kind of indication that that you know Apple is just again moving too fast. They're trying to push too much out too quickly without focusing on the software quality again. 
And that's something that I think is 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 troubling because the you know, we talked about this in an article of sort of what we were looking for Apple to do in 2015. It's sort of like they need to go back to Snow Leopard. Not so much the Snow Leopard actual operating system, though I'm sure some people would be happy with that, but just the concept of Snow Leopard. When, you know, they came out with Tiger and then they came out with Leopard, and then they said, okay, there aren't really going to be any new features in Snow Leopard. We're just going to make it better. You know, we're going to to make it more stable, more less buggy, all those kinds of annoyances um, we're going to try to get uh, cleaned up in Snow Leopard. And I think they did it, basically. I mean, if you look now, Snow Leopard is the operating system that people have refused to upgrade past because it just works. Lion was a disaster. Mountain Lion, pretty good. Mavericks, yeah, Mavericks was okay. Yosemite seems to be bad again. So, you know, it seems like they're just pushing harder and harder and not going back to that concept of, hey, let's let's take a moment, step back, really clean up these bugs. Because every operating system has thousands and thousands of known bugs. So maybe the theory here would be that 1011, whatever it's called, would be the cleanup release, a small number of new features, but mostly just clean up the cruft, get things back to the way they were. Now, this has always been true, by the way. I mean, if you look at every release of OS X or previous Mac OS versions, there have been sometimes very serious bugs. I think it was OS X Tiger that with some third-party FireWire drives, and maybe it was partly the result of the firmware on those drives, You would boot up, it would brick the drive. It would destroy the partition map, and you'd literally have to reformat that drive. It was not recoverable, except maybe by one of those recovery places. Do you remember that? I don't specifically. Um, There have been so many of these over the years. You know, it is, is often the case that Apple has had a security updates that have caused printing to fail, for instance, or, you know, font problems or things like that. And, you know, there's just, it's just a situation of this stuff requires a lot of testing. These systems have gotten more and more complex and there are side effects. And so, you know, I, I don't have a specific solution to it other than just doubling down on the testing and not driving the whole thing so much on marketing. Because if you think about it, Yosemite and iOS 8 are tightly linked. You know, you've got iCloud Drive in particular. We already had a month of, of problems where iOS 8 was available and, I, and Yosemite wasn't. So you, you could, you know, if you'd upgraded to iCloud Drive on your iOS devices, you couldn't access your files from the Mac at all. So that kind of stuff's a problem. And then iOS 8, of course, is tightly linked to the iPhone. So the iPhone 6 comes out in September. iOS 8 has to come out shortly thereafter, which forces Yosemite to be out, you know, as sort of as quickly as possible after that, which ended up being about a month. So Apple has created a situation where they have to release significant hardware and two major operating system releases, plus huge changes to iCloud in the space of about a month. And is it surprising that stuff slips through the cracks? I don't think so. Doesn't matter how good you are. It just takes time to find out what's going on. And uh, if they're going to do the same thing again next year, 
you know, I just, I worry because it doesn't seem like they're really doing enough of the cleanup to have each successive one be, be better in, in enough ways that, you know, that people are going to, to be happy about it. Anyway, when they made Yosemite and iOS 8 free, of course, so a lot of people do upgrade, but, you know, the iOS 8 upgrade rate was a, quite a bit slower and still is than the iOS 7 upgrade rate. You know, some of that's because they made it, you know, it's so big and the 16 gig, uh, 16 gig devices didn't have enough free space to do the upgrade without switching to iTunes. They but, also abandoned a lot of old hardware. So the iPhone four and older can't use it. But right now the upgrade rate for iOS eight is just under 70% or a little over 70%, depending on the estimate. And we're talking about what, three and a half months into the cycle. Now, with iOS 7, they got up to 91% just before iOS 8 came out. So we're talking of making up another 20 points or so over the next, what, nine months? Yeah. So that's possible. I mean, it yeah. sounds like it's catching up. It is catching up, and it probably will. But again, iOS is a situation where you really have trouble st- staying with older versions. Stuff stops working you get less and less control over what you do and sort of how you upgrade if you in any way let uh, a version get past you. For instance, if you have iOS 6 and you never upgrade to iOS 7, once iOS 8 comes out, you can't upgrade to iOS 7. Not possible. So Apple is creating a situation where you're sort of forced to be dragged along for the ride. And so I think, and I think, I don't know if people explicitly know that, but I think they have that sense. And so even if they're not going to upgrade right away, they are going to upgrade at some point just because they know they are not going to be able to avoid it forever. Well, I think the big thing that Apple could do right now would be to look at remaining bugs. And obviously, there are going to be more releases. There's, it was supposed to be 8.1.3 coming this week, and it might be there by the time you hear the show, is get in there, and they could do this with Yosemite before the next reference release. Just really dig in as much as they can and clean out as many of the serious bugs as possible. And I don't know whether that requires a new release or not, but I kind of think they can do that with a maintenance update. And the same is true with Yosemite. There are obviously top 10 lists of the worst bugs. I haven't encountered any of them, let me tell you. But obviously you see issues and other people do. Take that top 10 list and just do what they can. Expend the resources necessary to get rid of those before you get the next release out. Yeah, it is interesting. We have not seen... Used to be you would get the you know the point one and then the point two you get the point one release very quickly you know so they'd come out with a new version of the operating system then you get the point one that would fix the stuff they probably knew about you know while they were you know they just didn't dare they didn't dare put into the shipping version because again that was back largely in the days of CDs and DVDs and then you'd get the point two and the point two was often pretty big. You know, you'd look at the release notes and it would just go on and on and on because it was where they, that, that was where the, you know, the bug report started to flood in after people started using it and they'd say, oh, yeah, we can fix that, we can fix that, we can fix that. Now it's seeming more trouble. It's seeming as though um, it's a situation where you're getting these, you know, the point one release and then we're waiting for a long time. Mavericks was sort of the same way. 
that that it never really had quite that 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 big win in terms of uh, one of the point releases where you thought, "Wow, okay, now it's now you feel safe upgrading if you were holding out, or now you know you're going to be getting." The real release, not the the stuff. The one one that they meant to have, yeah. (laughs) We meant to have this announcement, then we'll get back with more with Adam Inks of Take Control Books and Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Do good people ever want to call an attorney just to find out if they're right or wrong? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what are you forced to think about first? Money. If you could call as often as you wanted and talk as long as you need without a bill, would you call? Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800 800- On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Two more segments with Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. So there have been reports that attend... is in the offing. I mean, it's available to those who became one of those 1 million plus public beta testers, so they can get a copy. If you're a member of the Apple developer program, you can get a copy. And it's been a while since it's been under development. And I kind of think, okay, that's fine. Is Apple going to make this a real strong fixer-upper? Get as much cleaned up as possible? I don't know. Right now, supposedly they're trying to continue to work on Wi-Fi bugs. And Wi-Fi bugs, why would they even have Wi-Fi bugs? I mean, that's a pretty 
season technology, why would you have a problem where people try to connect to their Wi-Fi networks and things go wacky? I heard something about how there being a problem with a Wi-Fi driver from Broadcom related to the chips that are in the kind of the newer Macs that sort of Broadcom was was responsible for that driver. But I have no no uh, no inside knowledge of whether or not that that could it could be true of all of all of the problems. I actually like to suggest a more radical approach. And my more radical approach would be to say, okay, let's let's have a couple of different release types. Let's have a release, you know, you know, well, say we're, we're at Yosemite now. Have Yosemite and have a Yosemite version that just keeps going forward. Modularize things like iCloud and security, you know, make sure you have to keep having security updates. And Apple's pretty good about that. They always go, you know, two levels back on, on security updates. But but make it so that people could not upgrade legitimately. And the reason why I suggest that is I'm seeing much, much, much more resistance to upgrades. I'm seeing people who are, who are, who are downright angry about upgrades, who they're, they're tremendously perturbed that they have been forced to upgrade to, you know, iTunes 11 or whatever it is. And so, you know, I think it's a situation where Apple should just let some people not upgrade. Used to be you could do that. But now with iCloud and sort of way everything works, it's it's increasingly difficult to stick with an older version that you start getting into situations where stuff doesn't work, where you can't run new software, where you can't use iCloud, where you you feel like you're being left open to security bugs, all that kind of stuff then have something else which goes forward you know where the where the users people who want to be on the cutting edge who want to have all the new features perfectly welcome to do that and yes it would require some more work to keep the stuff sufficiently backwards compatible that you'd be able to keep running it backwards well part of the problem here is that apple is just following the same traditional path that was forged 25 26 years ago which is you have a reference release you have a few bug fix updates and eventually the older os is no longer supported and that's the way they've been doing it but now things are so complicated and so they move so fast and you have yeah. this incredible integration that you need to fix things up I can't believe that Apple doesn't know this, but the question I have after all this discussion about problems with OS X Yosemite, we had a public beta program. Was that just (laughs) for show? I mean, if a million people are testing this, and I assume that there are at least 100,000 or 50,000 of those dedicated enough to constantly, repeatedly send feedback back about different problems. Well, we actually don't even know how many people really did it. I don't you know, think there was a limit. They said over a million. Well, they, they said, said they up gonna, to a million they they originally, but I don't think they ever closed the door. Right. They said they were going to take up to a million, and they never closed the door, which would say that it's under a million at least. And if was was there even a second release of there was like there was like one release of the public of uh, the second public of the public beta or something like no, that. There, there was, was like update? three or something like that. I forget. But 10.10, there were several releases, you know, it it came to a point where you get like one or two developer releases for each public release. Yeah. But they were there. Since the maintenance updates have been out, the only one I've seen 
is for 10.10.2, just one release so far, although several releases for developers. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it does feel to me that something's wrong, that the system has gotten too big, too complex, too, just too much for the current approach to, to be, continue to be used. That if, you know, if Apple wants to keep doing this, they need to do something different. Maybe that's slow down. Maybe that's, you know, create a, a, a true reference release, which they're just going to kind of do their absolute best to get rock solid and then modularize changes on top of that so that they're not trying to do a huge operating system release each time. But, you know, they can have, you know, different, they can start naming them from different mountains in Yosemite or something. Um, and, you know, or again, just not trying to do these big releases, but do a lot of small releases, do it more like a web app where small changes are happening relatively frequently, but you never actually change the name. I don't have an answer. All I know is that Yosemite is not the cat's pajamas. And as I said, it's not everyone. I mean, a lot of people have perfectly good experiences. So I have this very old Mac, this very old iMac from 2009 works fine. I have a 2010 17-inch MacBook Pro. No real problems. The iMac 5K, as cutting edge as you can get, the latest and greatest Apple hardware, no problems. But I get emails from people, as you do, Adam. It's a mess. What's Apple doing? Well, and I do think there's also something to be said for, you know, when you get to a certain installed base size, you know, if you always had, you know... 1% 1% of your, your population was going to have some level of problem. But as your installed base goes up, that 1% becomes a larger and larger number of people. And all of them are reporting at the App Store how miserable it is. Remember the percentages of how they work here. When something works well, you don't worry about it. You get on with your life. Oh, my God, my operating system is good. You get on with your life. It's working fine. If something goes wrong, what's this? It's Apple's fault. I'm going to complain. So complaints will always be more heavily represented than good experiences. That's number one. Always that way. And as you say, the Mac user base is really growing. Look at the reports of sales. Just Mac sales continue to increase, according to Gartner and IDC, much faster than the PC market, which is either flat or slightly declining. Yeah, well, actually, if you looked at those numbers, HP and all of those other companies had much faster rates of growth than Apple, which doesn't really merge with what Apple says about the PC market, which I thought was kind of interesting. Except that what they've done, evidently, is take sales away from a lot of companies which did have declines. So you have these three or four top companies like Lenovo and Dell and HP, and people aren't buying a lot of the other brand names. So they're getting mm-hmm. so sales. If only, so so if it's only that, yeah, it was, it was the numbers didn't quite match up in my in my quick looking at those. So it was a little hard to tell. But yeah, Apple and it was interesting seeing Apple. You know, at I don't know eleven point seven percent or something, which was kind of nice to see. But you know, when we see what, what the actual numbers from Apple, you know, which I do tend to believe more than the estimates from Gartner and the like. You know, when they're talking, yes, we sold you know four million Macs in the last quarter. That's a lot of computers. You know, you don't have to go back all that far to see when they were selling 4 million Macs in a year. Or even that, like 3 million or less. And the other key is, of course, that once you have that many more installation possibilities, you have more problems, more room for trouble. 
Yep. And you have people with different routers, different system setups, and there's always more room for mischief. So even if Apple did everything the same at the same level of quality, it has to get worse. They have to work harder to make things work. Let me tell our listeners, we have a special feature of the Tech Night Owl Live called Tech Night Owl Plus. To get more information, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot com. For $5 a month, $50 a year, you get a high-resolution copy of the show, and we remove 41 minutes of ads. Tech Night Owl Plus, check it out. Also, check out Adam Ings to Take Control Books and Tidbits. Tidbits, of course, that weekly newsletter that you get in your mailbox. It's, it's fabulous. Let me tell you, I always read it every week for years and years. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at one 800 686 2237 extension 129. Alex Jones here. For the last two years, I've been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to design a nutraceutical formulation that has truly life changing health benefits. So many other formulations out there contain toxic ingredients, synthetic additives, and even GMOs. Introducing the all new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit InfoWarsLife.com or call 1-888-253-3139. That's InfoWarsLife.com. 
You pick up the receiver. With your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead, you finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Animing some tidbits and take control books is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live as we continue our discussion about Apple software quality. Now, just to put things in perspective, I read a figure the other day. The, after two months after release, the newest version of Android, 5.0 Lollipop. You know what the percentage of users is among Android users? <laughs> I'm sure it's very small. <laughs> 0.1%. <laughs> At the same token, right now, almost 50% of the Mac user base is using Yosemite. Think about that. Well, obviously, the more equivalent version is iOS 8, where we're at 74%. But I do think it is comparing apples and oranges. Android has a different model where the carriers, the handset manufacturers, and the carriers have so much more say in what happens that upgrades to them mean something completely different. Upgrades to them mean you should come in and get a new phone. The whole idea of upgrading the operating system to give people more features and give them their, you know, make their phone better is anathema if you're a handset manufacturer. You've, you'd far, far rather them come in and buy a new phone. You know, plus, I do think, I don't have specific numbers on this or anything, but my impression from watching Android users is that they tend to be less tech involved. So I think they're going to be a little bit less likely to know, oh, there's a an update and, oh, I want it because it has has this feature. And that's not, it's not everyone, of course. I'm sure there's lots of highly tech-savvy Android users who are dying to get the latest and greatest. But when I talk to people around here, and I live in upstate New York, not a high-tech area, it's not a particularly wealthy area, a lot of people buy Android because it's cheaper. It's simple as that. They go to they go to the AT and T or the Verizon store, and they get whatever whatever phone looks reasonable and is cheap. And that the iPhone is going to be more expensive most of the time. So, someone who's buying a phone based on being inexpensive, probably again not as tech involved, not as interested in in an update, not really caring about that kind of thing. Of course, if you want more direct comparison, OS X Yosemite compared to Windows eight point one. Precisely. Which is a nightmare for Microsoft. <laughs> now, I've had a chance to play with this technical or technology preview 
of Windows 10. They're skipping nine, folks. You know. Yeah. Did you ever hear why they were skipping nine? I, I didn't hear this. There were a couple of different reasons, one of which is because they had so many Windows 9s from the 90s, Windows 95, et cetera, et cetera, oh, okay. that maybe there's an issue there. The other possibly is they want to get as far away from Windows 8 as possible. <laughs> so look, Windows 8 was such a nightmare. Windows 9, you think would be close. Let's make it Windows 10. But you know, Windows 10 is not as different as you think. It's like a little bit of chicanery there. Okay, we got a start menu there, but we still have that ugly, we don't want to use the word interface. It's not so great. I'm playing with it. You know, it runs pretty fast on SSD on your Mac with Parallels Desktop. You know, I can launch the whole thing and, you know, as we're talking, we're speaking right now, and I want to launch Parallels Desktop, and right now, it's launching, it is now launched, but of course, it's going to ask for my password to register. Why does it want my password to register? This is dumb, but it wants my password. I think part of the problem is that I just copied this over from the old drive, so I haven't run it since. That's all. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I can't make it run now because it's asking for my password. I was going to tell you, though, that when I ran it on the iMac 5K, it took about, to launch Windows 10 took like less than 10 seconds. Mm. And that will never happen on a Windows computer. You know, <laughs> it launches faster on a Mac than on a Windows computer. Isn't that wacky? But anyway, with Microsoft, though, they're trying to look for income sources outside of their platform. So we have the iPad version of Office, Office for iPad. It's going to be Office for Android coming up soon. And obviously, they're going to want to sell you subscriptions to Office 365. And they can get a lot of subscriptions that way. You know, it won't matter so much if people don't care about Windows like they used to. Yeah. Well, all these companies, I mean, Apple, Apple became what they are today by changing radically. I think Microsoft understands that that's possible, or that's necessary. But as we all know, just because you, as a large company, realize that you may need to change radically to keep being competitive in the future, it's not so easy because you make all your money on the products that you, know, you need to either drop or radically revise, and that's just hard to do. You know, you've you've got to keep you've got to keep keep the income flowing while you do all this stuff. And I mean, Microsoft you, they can't be uh, can't be criticized for not trying things. Um, they can be criticized for not succeeding at them. But you know, hey, keep throwing stuff at the wall, and you know, sooner or later something might stick. So I do think it's interesting that they came out with Office for the, for iOS. You know, before they did it for their Surface tablets. That was interesting, but probably because they got working faster. Oh, I finally got the Parallels desktop working. And as I said, it's like two, three seconds to launch the app and maybe 10 or 15 seconds to launch Windows 10 from a cold restart. Mm. I don't know of any Windows computer that can do that that fast. <laughs> yeah, probably just your 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 BIOS checks and things will 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 take a little longer than that on, on most things. But yeah, you know, there is it is also worth keeping in mind that you know other people are putting out some pretty impressive hardware. I was just noticing um, Dell has a new what is it an XPS thirteen? It's a sort of a, a MacBook Air like laptop. It's using the new uh, Intel's new Broadwell chip, and it's got. An insane retina display at 276 pixels per inch. That's so like 3,000 by something. And they've, you know, they've got a touchscreen version. And you know, so there are other people doing some pretty impressive hardware out there. You know, Apple does not have a lock on this stuff. By the way, HP came out with a new lineup 
of displays over at the CES, including a 5K display for about $1,300. It's coming out nice. you know, later this year. That's nice because Dell's cost $2,499, the same as the iMac 5K. Yeah. The real question that I have is, so how do you actually drive one of those puppies you know, successfully? Because it's too much data to push through DisplayPort. My understanding is, is that for even a 4K display, you need two DisplayPorts to be able to plug it into. And it actually, they drive each half of the monitor separately. Oh, I don't know. I guess you can do it with a <laughs> Mac Pro. No, no, it's it's not it's not related. To, it's, it's just it's DisplayPort is the problem. I mean, you would have to have some other you know some other display conduit to be able to plug your monitor in that would have sufficient bandwidth for for that many pixels. There's a new DisplayPort standard that's coming out soon, and maybe that will deal with this dilemma. Yeah. But it's going to require some new hardware to support. Listen, we're going to have to move along now. Adam Inks, would you tell our listeners? where they can find more of your stuff. Indeed, indeed. Tidbits.com is where we keep up with all that's going on, or at least attempt to, because let's face it, the industry moves ever, ever faster. And at uh, www.takecontrolbooks.com is where we step back and cover how to do things in detail. So our most recent update is Take Control of File Vault. Just push that one out yesterday and get it updated for Yosemite. And we have a, a number of our crash course books that help you with iOS 8 and Yosemite and digital sharing. So those are all available at www.takecontrolbooks. Adam Inks, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. You're welcome, Gene. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2Hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Yeah? Did you want to see me, sir? Well, I did, but now that I do, I'm not so sure. Sir? Johnson, I got a mission for you that could change your life. Oh, good, sir. It involves traveling halfway around the world without so much as half a clue of where you're going or what you're going to do when you get there. Situation normal, sir? Uh-huh. Right, I'll be leading this mission, Johnson, so I'll be telling you what to do. You, sir? That's right, Johnson, and I say first things first. Oh, good plan, sir. And what I say is first is food. Always remember that, Johnson. Food is a big deal. Sir, my brother-in-law can give us a really good deal on some surplus MREs. Johnson, if you've got half a brain and that empty head of yours, you'll call the freeze-dry guy like I did. That food is better for you, it rehydrates faster, and it's good, Johnson. And it keeps for up to 30 years. Will we be gone that long, sir? I hope not. Now get your supplies organized and meet me down to the pier at dawn on Sunday. We sail at sunrise. Yes, sir. This adventure is brought to you by the freeze-dry guy. 
Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We're joined by Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer with lots of topics to talk about. But first, let's get into a real detailed discussion about these rumors out there. There's a rumor out there that Apple is about to produce a 12-inch MacBook Air, which I guess is halfway between the 11-inch and the 13-inch, except that it will have only one USB-C port. Is that what they call it now? I don't know, but I've got, I've got a one-word discussion for you, Gene. Okay, no. so let me ask you, riddle me this, Brian Chaffin. Yes. Will there be such a device? No. No, Apple's not going to put out a computer with one port. I hardly think it makes sense. I just wonder when the people come up with stuff like this, stories like this. Well, you know, some, sometimes, okay, there are a few reasons why this happens. Uh, one is leaks from the supply chain. And uh, my long-stated position on leaks from the supply chain is that the leaks are almost always legit. The problem is making any kind of conclusion from those leaks because uh, no one in the supply chain has the big picture. And when Apple is ordering this or that part, no one really knows what's going to be done with it. You know, Apple all the time, they're ordering like things to try here, make, you know, make me a dozen of these so I can put them together in the, in various prototypes. The, very few of those things ever see the light of day. 
And, but, but the people that are in the supply chain making them, you know, have the opportunity to leak that information. And so they do. And then people make giant leaps of conclusions. And so the information almost always has some kernel of truth. This, the conclusions that most people reach from those kernels are seldom right until we get closer and closer to the actual release date. So in this case, would they be ordering 12-inch displays, and therefore, what would they use those displays for? Would it have to be a MacBook Air? And how do you infer from the existence of a display, for example, what the final product will be? If you're using the newer protocols of USB, how do you infer on the basis of that, what the final product will be. Well, I think in this particular case that uh, someone was just larking around and they were feeding information to a site and the site ran with it. And I doubt there's very much behind it. I, I, I put almost no credence whatsoever in this, in this particular rumor. Do you ever think here that sometimes people spread these rumors because they want to see if people take them seriously? They're having a lot of fun. Sure. That, you know, it's funny you say that because um, back in the day, back when power computing was still around, their chief marketing guy, Mike Rosenfeld, a, a heck of a guy, great marketer, credible marketer, actually. He, I knew him, right. And let's just go back and tell our listeners what this is all about. Back in the mid-1990s, before Steve Jobs returned to Apple, they made a brief and not very positive foray into allowing other companies to make Mac OS clones. Well, it was it was a very positive foray in terms of the fact that prices came down and quite frankly, quality options and speed all went up. Things came to market a lot faster, um, but all of that was very, very bad for Apple. So, I mean, you know, it was actually kind of good for the consumers, unless, of course, you actually want Apple to be able to stick around, <laughs> in, in which case, in which case it was uh, it was kind of a disaster for for Apple. And that's why Steve Jobs ended up. And think of it this way. If there's no Apple, how do they have anything to clone? Exactly. Exactly. So, but I mean, power computing was one of the standout companies that were making great products. Uh, they were really, really pushing the envelope in terms of uh, speed back when speed mattered. Do you remember? Do you remember those days back when the processor speed mattered? Well, the thing is also what power computing would do since they didn't need the quantities of Apple. If a new chip comes out, new G3 chip which was the fastest chip at the time with the G4 or whatever. When a new chip came out, they would get the faster one, even though it was only shipping in smaller quantities, because they could get the thing into production in a few days. With yeah, Apple, they could actually uh, launch a product with 1,000 or 10,000 units, whereas you know that wouldn't even scratch the surface for Apple. And they went right after Apple's biggest market. I mean, they came after me. I was of course, one of those content creators, and therefore I was actually on the receiving end of lots of review product from power computing, as a lot of us were. And the only thing I didn't like about it was the fact that you go in there, and because it's made so cheaply using PC clone parts, you want to replace RAM. You better watch your fingers. You better watch (laughs) your hands because they'd be cut up. Well, you know, this is sort of like the whole argument between the open standard nature of the Wintel platform versus Apple's closed system proprietary whole widget thing that's going on today. Both systems have their advantages. And one of the advantages of the open standard system, which essentially these Mac clones were following, is that you get more options, more choice, and cheap, cheaper 
And but that comes with the price because you sometimes lose out on the quality. I actually think that that power computing didn't really have time to lose quality, but you know, yeah, it was definitely a different issue getting into a power computing machine than it was getting into a to an Apple machine of the day, let alone today. It was like Dell using OS ten or before that Mac OS parts. Uh, well, so it's funny you mentioned Dell. Mike Rosenfeld told me a fantastic uh, story. There, the, there was a there was a website at the time called Mac Mac OS Rumors. Most right, there is a Mac Rumors site now. I love Mac Rumors today. That site run by different people. It's a completely different site. Has no relationship whatsoever to Mac OS Rumors. Mac OS Rumors was run by I, I was assumed it was a very young person with very little uh, experience or wisdom, and he would just publish anything to wit. There was a, there was, if I remember correctly, the story was that Dell was going to buy Apple or it was something, something a little silly like that. And, uh, it was was a week or two later, Mike Rosenfeld told me that he was the one that, that sent them that rumor just to see if they would publish it, which goes, you know, that's how we enter this conversation. Okay. The conversation is over. There will probably be no 12 inch MacBook air, which makes no sense. Whatever. Yeah, with the single port. There could end up being a 12-inch MacBook Air. I don't think there will be 11 and 12 and a 13. Apple could possibly do some kind of 12-inch MacBook Air at some point. It's just not this device that was shown in a rendering and not a MacBook Air with one port. It's not happening. All right. What is happening is that Tony Fidel, once Mr. iPod... Father iPod, I like to call him. Father of the iPod. Father iPod. Yes, my son. Well, now he's going to be Father... Google Glass, you know, the mind boggles. Yeah, so Google, the the Google Glass team announced that they were being graduated from the Google X Labs. How about being thrown out because the product is miserable and they can't sell it? Well, I think, uh, yeah, certainly I think that's actually the case. I I don't really think it's a graduation. I actually think that uh, Google is wanting to see if Tony can save um, Google Glass. And uh, I, I wrote a piece to uh, on Thursday, um, talking, uh, saying that if anyone can save it, it's probably Tony Fidel. Anyone at Google, at least. But I don't really think he can. And, and I'll, I'll give you the really short version. Everything that Google Glass does is going to be part of our future, but it won't be in the form that Google Glass takes today. I, I think that this technology needs an intermediary. intermediary to help us not only filter, but control access to that information and make decisions for us on what we see and to be able to, to intelligently show us things with the, you know, with, with a, uh, a spoken, like, you know, show me all the nearby open restaurants or like, you know, which place has got gluten-free pizza. I mean, like, you know, just that can understand spoken English without you having to tailor anything to it. And uh, and it'll help you filter stuff, and it'll it'll control that access. And it also probably needs to not be in the form of glasses. It probably needs to be either direct control of our retinas, or a um, a surgically, you know, some kind of contact lens or surgical uh, alterations. We're f- we've got Google Glass today, but we're far, far, far away from these other concepts that we need to make that work. I'll talk about Google Glass more and concepts in our next segment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. 
Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. The knowledge of the ancients, tried and true, trusted herbs and extracts fused with the latest nutraceutical science. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. For the last two years, our team has been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to develop the ultimate nutraceutical formulation. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit ancientdefense.com or call 888-253-3139. That's ancientdefense.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows. Pause and rewind live TV. Even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MYTV. 1-855-905-MYTV. 
Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We have Brian Schaffner of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. So let's talk about concepts of Google Glass now that Father iPod, or Father Nest as he is now known, (laughs) is going to be taking over. Now, there's a TV show out there called Continuum. It's a sci-fi show, kind of a time travel, you know, twisting kind of show that is filmed in Canada, and it's on the Sci-Fi Network. And the lead character is fitted with these cybernetic accoutrements that kind of like embedded into her body is Google Glass. Now, at the end of the day, I guess you can have something like that, a system where you connect it directly to your optic nerve, to your brain or something, but not necessarily an implant. Maybe it could be something that, you know, goes around your neck or something, wear a little chain or something, and it creates this impression. It's not glasses. And the thing I thought about Google Glass in another sense, too, is what happens if you're myopic? Do you have to get contact lenses with it? What if you want to wear reading glasses? I mean, look at me. I have to put on reading glasses. I wear contacts. I have reading glasses. If I were to get Google Glass, how would I resolve that dilemma? Unless Google Glass had progressive lenses, which is, of course, multifocal length. Well, they they don't actually have to be prescription lenses on Google Glass. Right, but if I already wear glasses, what do I do? Put my Google Glasses on my regular glasses? It sounds like the scene in the movie Airplane, where, who is it, Robert Stack takes off his glasses, and there's another pair of glasses beneath it. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> no, wait, that's a different character that does that, isn't it? That's Lloyd Bridges. That is Lloyd Bridges. Darn it. Oh, man. Missed my airplane references. My apologies, listeners. Oh, I love that movie. It's very funny. Yeah, you know, there, there are all kinds of challenges to, to Google's credit. Doing what they did with what they had is quite frankly amazing. I just, I don't think that society and people are ready for it. And again, I, I strongly feel like we need intermediary layers of technology in between us and this information to make it useful. And, and certainly today, most people don't want to be filmed all the time. I tell you what, I don't, I don't want to be my, I don't want my location documented by some glass hole who is, is, is sees me on the streets. I just, I don't, and you know, have that be put into Google's databanks. I'm going to use, I'm going to like show my age and use the word databanks. Well, this is the whole thing here. What were they thinking when they built that device? Did they ever think that you can't just walk into a restaurant wearing these stupid glasses with the webcam and not have people get upset? What if you go visit a friend and that well, friend doesn't really want to be recorded by Google or anybody and says, turn off the damn glasses. Yeah. Or you're, 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 you're drinking in a bar and you don't want your behavior filmed. I mean, on and on and on. And there has been a reaction against that. I think what Google was probably thinking is that you mean they were thinking. Yeah, I honestly do. I that Google brought this out is amazing. And I, 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 my belief is that their thought was you can't, you, you have to upset people if you want to be disruptive. 
disruptions require paradigm shifts, all that, all that sort of thing. And, and they're, they're correct, but this is a product before it's time. And, and that is the reality. There's too much other stuff needed to make something like Google Glass work. When we can have this kind of information without other people seeing us wearing these glasses, at that point, it'll be, it'll be a dead issue. And it'll only be a matter of time before everybody's running around with it. But until then, it's just not going to happen. And I don't think Tony Fidel, Tony Fidel has an extraordinary record with the iPod and with Nest. As I, I wrote today, Tony seems to have this just this, you know, this fundamental understanding of how people want to interact with technology. And that's that's a that's an extraordinary quality. But I don't think he can save this because this is this is a technology issue, not not a you know UI issue. Well, the other thing is here you have to consider someone's privacy. How do you address privacy considerations now i could see areas where a google glass product would work now maybe some way could be devised to work with people who are visually handicapped law enforcement it'd be ideal for law enforcement and surveillance it'd be perfect for that industrial uses you know so a plant manager can be checking out different things in an auto plant and maybe somebody at the home office wants to know what's going on so you know, the webcam is there and they can see it. Now, we see that kind of surveillance already being used. You know, you see, for example, in a movie, someone's wearing eyeglasses and the center of the eyeglass has the tiny camera. Okay. But that seems to be a purpose for this. I think for consumers, there are too many issues of privacy, personal issues that have to be resolved before we can allow this kind of thing to be let out there and maybe this is also a saving face kind of thing with google saying well look we got tony fidel in charge now he'll make it right or maybe it's a way to avoid the issue which is they'll go back into the development labs where it should have stayed maybe they'll come up with something in the future that makes it work if not we'll never hear from it again yeah no i think actually i I think that i think google will end up throwing this at the wall one more time we'll we'll see something come out of this move to nest i just don't think it's going to go anywhere from there so you put on google glass to control the thermostat (laughs) yeah no thanks well like i said i'm just thinking of the lead character in the tv series continuum well you know i i think i've told you that i've uh, written a science fiction book that i'm in the process of uh selling uh right now and I, I, my, my solution to this very issue was uh, direct access to, um, to our uh, system in our head that, that actually sees direct access to, you know, to not only everything we see, but the ability to project things that, that onto what we see and having this intermediary, intermediary uh, uh, technology controlling all that access, access and helping us filter it. Um, I, yeah, I just I think that's where we have to go before this is mainstream. As I said, lots of issues to be resolved. Let's leave to the next segment. And that is all these stories we're hearing in recent weeks, the quality of Apple's software is going down the tubes or being flushed or something. It's yeah. not as good as it used to be. 
And I think part of it is more perception than reality. There may be some reality to it, very possibly. But also the perception. More people have Apple gear. More people are exposed to the bugs. The press takes notice of bugs nobody would care about, like iOS 8.0.1. In an hour, they withdrew it because it could brick some iPhones, which could be fixed with a restore operation. Now, I think years ago, if you had anything that serious, like a certain OS X release where it would brick an external FireWire drive, that would just be confined to the tech media. But now anything Apple does, if they burp too loudly, it gets reported. So don't burp, Apple. Uh, well, uh, I think you're being a little bit kind. And, but at the same time, I think, that, I think that some critics are a little off base. The, the issue here is not that Apple's quality is going down the drain. Quite frankly, Yosemite is an amazing operating system for the Mac. Uh, iOS 8 uh, is an amazing operating system for mobile devices. Amazing. Apple has done some amazing things with both of these operating systems. The real issue is that the polish is what has been declining. Like there, there are just some fit and finish issues that seem to be lacking. I know that I'm experiencing uh, at this point a crash to the login screen every couple of days just from uh, doing a search from the Safari search bar. And, and, you know, it's about like, it's, it's one, it doesn't happen every time I search and, and there's clearly a bug. There's clearly some kind of, it's probably a memory leak or, or something along those lines. This sort of thing is super annoying. There are some aspects of handoff that don't work there. Uh, iTunes 12 is a mess. iTunes 12 is just, is just a pile of garbage. So there, I mean, it's not that all of Apple's quality is going downhill. It's just, you know, we're just these there, there are too many rough edges and that to me is is a legitimate criticism of apple right now well i don't have the crashes you did i did experience some oddities in startup and restart and i trace it to a failing external firewire drive when i ditch that drive and i replace it with another one everything worked fine sure so you know there is that issue of what is your installation? What else do you have connected to that computer? If you have issues with Wi-Fi connectivity, is it with Apple's router? Is it with a Linksys router? Is it somebody else's router? Sure. Is it something in certain models of Mac hardware that are causing the problem? It's not so easy to solve. We have Brian Schaffen, who will try. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Focusing on this portion of the Tech Night Out Live on Apple's quality. Now, if Microsoft releases an update that causes a reboot loop, And they have. I saw a list of the top 10 worst patches from Microsoft in 2014. And those things were horrific, some of those things. But Apple can't do that. If they have problems, this is Apple. Yeah, but that is the scrutiny on Apple, I think, is deserved in part because Apple does control the whole widget. Apple controls the hardware. Apple controls the software. Apple has used that heretofore to offer us a better experience. That's the thing you get with the whole widget business model. Apple has, therefore, fewer excuses when it has a problem. You know, Microsoft doesn't control the hardware. Microsoft puts out a set of standards and hardware uh, makers are expected to meet it. The RAM that goes into a Mac is the very highest quality RAM. Lower quality RAM is the source of a lot of issues in the Windows world. You know, it's very interesting you mentioned that. Not long ago, I upgraded a late 2009 iMac from 8 gigabytes to 16. And in doing so, I didn't expect to see much of a change. And I did. In areas where the system would completely grind to a halt, like I'm running a Parallels desktop virtual machine, it was fast. It was fluid. And I was only allocating a gigabyte to that virtual machine. What was going on? And I occasionally would get a oddball crash, which I stopped getting because I replaced all the chips. I had four two-gigabyte chips replaced with four four four-gigabyte chips, okay? Now, my suspicion is one of those stock Apple RAM modules had some minor thing or other. So I had the high-priced RAM. It didn't help. But I put in RAM that cost half as much from one of the Mac vendors, Otherworld Computing, 
and it was fine. Yeah, well, there, there there can always be problems with even the best RAM. That's that's for sure. But in general, Mac users experience fewer problems with this than PC users, especially PC users that are building their own systems. If you're building your own system, you're at the mercy of whatever dealer you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for the lowest price, and you don't care. If you're a PC builder, a company that's making PCs, and they're fighting to build the lowest cost product, they may not care as much about getting the best spare parts. Now, in practice, you know, Apple is sourcing their RAM from the same companies that supply RAM for PCs. But if you don't go to those companies like a Micron, you know, Crucial, whatever it's called, Otherworld Computing, even Samsung, if you don't go to companies that make good stuff and you buy crap, it works like crap. But it's true, but there are also different sort of tiers. For each speed of RAM, there's different tiers, and Apple requires the highest tier. Microsoft's open standards do not. And so, again, you know, that's just one of the little tiny things that, that Microsoft uh, has to face. I believe that it's fair to hold Apple to a higher standard because that's what we're giving up, right? We're, we're giving up the choice and cheapness, the inexpensiveness of open standards in exchange for a better experience. And we want that better experience. We deserve that better experience. More importantly, we're paying for that better experience. So Apple needs to provide it. Apple's at a point where it it has grown so fast that I think that it's I think we're we're seeing the results of some growing pains with some of this fit and finish issue. And maybe it's the fact that uh, that a tyrant is not in charge of the company anymore. Maybe maybe that is also affecting some of the fit and finish. But I also believe that Apple can can get a hold of this and, and fix things going forward. I mean, Apple had quality control problems even when the tyrant was around, so it may not necessarily be that. What bothers me, though, about Yosemite, and I'll get into how the public reacts to it in a moment, Apple made it available to roughly one million individual beta testers. I am sure a portion of those testers didn't just want to play with a new OS. They legitimately were dedicated to the task and reported to Apple the problems. And when you see some things that are wrong with Yosemite, and I'll go back to those networking issues, Wi-Fi connectivity, how could Apple not know? I can't believe that these beta testers didn't discover issues like that. Yeah, that is, in fact, a very good question. Um, you know, the reality is that, again, Apple has grown so big that an issue that affects even a, a tiny percentage of customers ends up turning into a lot of customers. Like I said, I, I hope, I believe that these are growing pains and I hope and believe that Apple can fix them going forward. And if not, Apple will actually lose some of its user experience edge that has made, allowed the company to charge such high prices. So, I mean, it's, it's in Apple's best interest to get this stuff under control. And I, I think that um, I, I, I certainly am confident that Apple is not oblivious to the kinds of criticism it's getting right now. Well, I know when... One of the Apple executives was asked about 8.0.1, the iOS release that was so faulty. What happened? And he said it was the wrapper. And I was waiting for journalists to say, what do you mean? The wrapper? Was that the download mechanism? Was that the installation mechanism? What do you mean? Yeah. Nobody asked. Part of the problem is with journalism is you get these guests to come on a show or to appear in a presentation. Someone like a Tim Cook or one of his other executives or someone from Microsoft. 
And you don't dare ask them a hard question in fear that they will not come back on because the PR department will look and say, well, he's asking all these dumb questions. We don't need this. Yeah, and Apple happens to play that game better than everybody else because Apple's executives are the most in demand. So, you know, it's it's definitely an issue. But maybe uh, he was actually just blaming everything on Dr. Dre. Well, of course it was Dr. Dre's fault. He's the rapper at Apple now. That's right. So he, he didn't rap 8.0.1 properly, and he caused that problem. I kid, Dr. Dre. I kid. Well, Dr. Dre, you know, if he hears you say that, he'll send some of his boys over to see you. No doubt. Dr. Dre, are you listening to the Tech Night Out Live? I mean, we're heard in Boston. We're heard in New York. We're heard in the state of Washington. I'm starting to sound like Howard Dean. Ah! Right. No, I don't want to do that. The point being here, I hope Apple has learned. The publicity over 8.0.1, it was really a disaster, even though it was withdrawn quickly. But the media, the mainstream media, got a hold of that story, and you heard it. Things that went wrong... Mm-hmm. You heard about it. And I think Apple understands this and will probably make things better because now they are really under the gun. They're really under pressure like never before. A lot of these bugs would not be considered in previous years. Now they will be, and they've got to get ahead of it. So there. So there. Now, I just wanted to bring up something about Yosemite since we mentioned it. My experience is pretty good. I haven't had any real problems. I've used it on three different machines. Late 2009, 27-inch iMac. A 2010, 17-inch MacBook Pro. Those are rarities nowadays. And for three weeks here, we had a iMac 5K from Apple for review. Mm, nice. nice. Okay, has sent back on the 13th. Lucky 13. Has Sorry to hear that. Right. Has sent it back. Okay, but seriously speaking, I ran Yosemite on all of them, and I didn't have any problems. The only problem I had was related to the defective FireWire drive. Once that was taken out of the picture, no problems. Everything works fine. But if you look at the reviews at the App Store, have you seen them for Yosemite? Gets two and a half stars. A lot of people give it one star. Now, to be fair about surveys of this sort, about reviews. The people who like something don't bother. They just get on with their business. Any survey of this is weighted towards the people who don't like something. Oh, Yosemite works like all Macs, I don't care. But if they're getting Wi-Fi issues or finder crashes or crashes at the login screen, whatever it is, if they're getting that problem, they will go there and they'll report and they'll complain. Yeah, and in particular, there are a lot of entitled folks who use app reviews to express their entitlement. You know, oh my God, this this piece of software doesn't cater to every single thing that I need. I mean, you know, when I look at apps... Let me do the break here because I want to say something about that and you go on to it. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Adam Miller here with Midas Resources. Today is January 5th, 2014, and gold opened at 1197.90. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1242.08, 621.04 for a half ounce, or 310.52 for a quarter ounce. That's 1242.08, 621.04, and 310.52. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your 
body healing itself with the aid of HB Extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit HBExtract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to HBExtract.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And we're talking here about the fact that some people feel they're entitled and they run reviews. Now, let me just give you one example before we get back to Brian Chaffin about how that works. Now, the biggest criticism we've gotten for the Tech Night Out Live on our other show, The Powercast, is the fact that these are commercial radio shows and therefore we run commercials. And, you know, commercial radio is a lot of ads. You know, it means commercial radio and TV. What is it? 25% of the show is the ads. And that's how the industry works. That's the price of free radio, okay? So since we had to post the same show on iTunes by our agreement with the network, the biggest criticism we'd get in iTunes would be too many ads, too many ads. Well, about two months ago, we offered a new system called Plus. So here we have Tech Night Out Plus. We have the Paracast Plus. And we offer for a monthly subscription fee or an annual subscription fee an ad free version of the show. Higher resolution quality. Better copy. Guess what? So far, nobody's mentioned it on iTunes because the criticism stopped. We stopped them in their tracks, and that's it. If they want the ad-free version of the show, we offer it. And here's how to get it, by the way. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot Simple sign-up instructions are there. It's $5 a month, $50 a year. Simple. That's how it goes. Tech Night Owl Plus. Now, you were about to say something before I rudely interrupted you, Brian Chaffin. That's quite all right. So let me actually quote from Guy Kawasaki, former, uh, former Mac evangelist for Apple. And the current pitch man for (laughs) lots and lots of things. Guy just put out a book called The Art of Social Media. And um, it's, you know, it's a mix of of some really good stuff and, and, and some stuff I find less interesting and useful. But here I'm quoting from him. This is what I refer to as Internet Entitlement Syndrome, he said. Sufferers believe that everything should be free and perfectly tailored to them because they are the center of the universe. Copernicus be gosh darned. That is absolutely the case with a lot of app reviews and uh, reviews in you know Amazon. To me, I, I I like to always gauge when I look through reviews. I like to 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 gauge the quality of the lowest quality reviews and the highest quality reviews to see whether or not they should be discounted. And sometimes, a lot of times, even, you know, like it, the star gets one review because it's $1.99. That's too expensive. Well, that's, that, that has no value. That's, a, that's just, a, that, that's an idiotic review. That's someone suffering from internet entitlement syndrome. 
And um, but I just I think Yosemite is a fantastic operating system. I think it's got some rough edges that I wish were not there. Uh, but I personally think it's fantastic. Now there was a ten point ten point one. There are rumors of a ten point ten point two. Not rumors. It's available for those who are part of the public beta program, and it's been available to developers for a month or so. So one hopes that maybe Apple will clean up some more of the cruft. They're taking their time with it, evidently. So maybe they'll clean it up. There are more maintenance updates coming for iOS. Now moving from Yosemite to iOS, other than a couple of issues early on, like HealthKit was withdrawn because it wasn't ready for a couple of weeks. And then we had 8.0.1. And we had, you know, the usual stuff, Bluetooth and things like that, that always seemed to occur. At this point in time, it seems the adoption rate of iOS 8 is getting up to a fairly reasonable level, a little bit behind iOS 7. But remember, a lot of hardware is no longer supported. What's your take on it? Uh, you know, it was it was a bit surprising that uh, adoption for iOS eight was as slow as it was. I I blame uh, eight hundred one and and Apple's misstep with eight hundred one. I think that uh, a lot of people heard about that. It got a lot of mainstream coverage. Got a lot of coverage. Period. Not just in the echo chamber. And uh, I think that the people were a little bit slower to do so. I also think that people with I think that, uh, that a lot of people with older iPhones, uh, like the iPhone 4S is supported by OS 8, they've, they've learned that they need to not install the latest and greatest uh, version of iOS because it's going to run slow on their device. Um, and, and that's true. At this point, I specifically would not recommend anyone with an iPhone 4S install iOS 8 because it is going to run slow. Don't do it with, a, with an iPad 2. You know, now, an it, iPad 3 is a little bit better, but it's not a lot better. And what I do with an iPad 3 is you turn off the zooming and special effects. Yeah, that makes sense. Plus, the reality is that, that iPhone 7 represented this new look. Everybody was curious about this new look, and it looked great. It, looked, it just looked fantastic. iOS 8 builds on that same look it doesn't represent a radical departure in terms of user interface so there again was a little bit less interest in 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 that upgrade uh you know i just i think this is this is a product of both apple's misstep with 801 as well as um the you know the the natural product cycles Uh, i don't think it's disastrous for apple apple's adoption rates are still far better than any of its competitors let me give you some examples here according to mixed panel trends and Apple's figures are always a point or two lower. It's over 71% using iOS 8. Now, when iOS 7 reached its peak, its zenith, in September of this year, it was at 91%. So iOS 8 has until September to reach 91%. And because less hardware is supported, it may never get there. Even if they sell zillions and zillions of iPhone 6s, which require it. Yeah. I needed to bring that up because you get a reality check here. And the reality check is that there was one release of iOS 8 that slightly sped up the iPhone 4S and iPad 2. Slightly. Maybe they could make it faster. But you have to look at it this way. Whatever you think of Apple, let's take a look at Android 5 Lollipop. You know where I'm going with this? I'm looking at uh, the dashboard, the Android dashboard right now. Okay. 
the user base last time I checked of Android 5 Lollipop, and I think I mentioned this to Adam Inks in our previous segment, the user base is zero <laughs> 0.01% or something like that. It's like, you know, we're one-tenth of one percent. It's nobody is using it. And why is nobody using it? Because it is a buggy mess. It was released to some Nexus models from Google. And they withdrew it for a couple of weeks because of serious performance problems. It's now um, at 5.0.2. And people are still reporting problems. It is not widely deployed, probably for a legitimate reason. Uh, yeah, but uh, Google has always had an issue here with adoption rates. And, and keep in mind, you know, we're, we're looking at the... It's funny, Lollipop isn't even on the platform versions. It stops a KitKat. They're waiting for it to be fixed. Yeah, fair enough. I think part of it, and we understand there's a big problem in Google deploying updates that Apple doesn't have. And we'll get into more of that in a moment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Think alike. The network for the independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Yeah? Did you want to see me, sir? Well, I did, but now that I do, I'm not so sure. Sir? Johnson, I got a mission for you that could change your life. Oh, good, sir. It involves traveling halfway around the world without so much as half a clue of where you're going or what you're going to do when you get there. Situation normal, sir? Uh-huh. Well, I'll be leading this mission, Johnson, so I'll be telling you what to do. You, sir? That's right, Johnson, and I say first things first. Oh, good plan, sir. And what I say is first is food. Always remember that, Johnson. Food is a big deal. Sir, my brother-in-law can guess a really good deal on some surplus MREs. Johnson, if you've got half a brain and that empty head of yours, you'll call the freeze-dry guy like I did. That food is better for you, it rehydrates faster, and it's good, Johnson. And it keeps for up to 30 years. Will we be gone that long, sir? I hope not. Now get your supplies organized and meet me down to the pier at dawn on Sunday. We sail at sunrise. Yes, sir. This adventure is brought to you by the freeze-dry guy. Call 866-404-3663 or visit freezedryguy.com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? 
Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. We're talking about the poor adoption rate of... Android 5 Lollipop, 0.1% of the Android user base using it, considerable user base. But here's the issue here. If you're getting a pure Android device like a Nexus, Google can deploy the update. Otherwise, it has to go to the manufacturer and the carrier. Mm -hmm. And each of them have to certify it, add their own cruft or junkware before it's released. That could take months Sometimes it never happens. Often it never happens. And as a result is, this may be the most compelling Android ever. I have no idea. I haven't used it. This could be a wonderful update once they get the bugs passed. But it's going to take a while for people with Samsung Galaxies or any of the popular Android phones to get a copy. And the reason is because the mechanism of feeding those updates is difficult. With Apple, they just send out the update. Uh, again, Apple controls the hardware and the software, and that really helps. If you look at the, um, like currently, KitKat is on 39.1% of Android devices, and Jelly Bean's got a like 45%. And then KitKat's been out for what, a year? More than a year? You know, it's at 39%. Sure, it was like the fall of 2013. But but here's here's the the, the really awesome thing about that, is that Google doesn't really make a big deal about this. But the numbers reported on its dashboard are not the percentage of all Android devices out there. It's only the Android devices that check into Google Play Store and or and have the Google Play app on their devices. You know, so people like uh, you know, you think you hear these numbers about how hundreds of millions of of Android devices are being sold. So thirty nine percent. Well, my goodness, that's just a lot of a lot of devices. But mm, no. 
because those cheap devices, those cheap Android devices that make up the vast majority of all those numbers that are sold, profitless devices with uh, with very poor capabilities, um, a lot of those are not checking. A lot of those users are not checking into the Google Play Store. They don't have the app. Uh, the guys that are skinning uh, Android and 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 using it for their for their own devices, you know, including Amazon here in the states and lots of companies doing it in China. Those folks aren't supporting the Google Play Store at all, and their their numbers aren't included either. So you know, it's really a subset of total uh, Android devices that are being used, and it's actually the most active subset. So it's thirty nine percent of the most active subset of Android devices are running KitKat after more than a year, and that's like. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's kind of sad if you ask me. And you have to look at how many tens of millions of Android devices are out there that will never be upgraded for a number of reasons. Obviously, with Amazon. Hundreds of millions. Sure. Hundreds of millions of these devices can never run any of these various operating systems. So who knows? It's a big story. But still, you know, Lollipop, had a bit of a flourish there, you know, new interface, material design, kind of a silly name, but it looked nicer. Still kind of cartoonish, though, but it looked nicer and had a lot of promise, especially performance. They're no longer using that original Java middle layer. They're doing something else differently in the way the programming is handled. And don't ask me to explain that to you because I don't understand it. But apparently that hasn't helped. Oh, well. All right. That's the story about Android. Let's look more into Apple again. And let's talk about a product that will be out, what, March, you think? Apple Watch? March, uh, maybe uh, maybe April, maybe even May. I don't know. We don't really know, but I'm, I'm hoping March. Now, we know you're going to buy one. Yes. And are you going to sell your watch and get a gold one? No. No, I will not. I will absolutely not be buying a gold uh, Apple Watch. I, I there, I've yet to see a gold watch that I that I really wanted, even a mechanical one. But I would not buy an Apple Gold Watch. I would not recommend that anyone buy a gold Apple Watch based on what we know now. And that's because you're you're spending again. We don't know Apple's pricing because Apple has not announced pricing. They've only announced that it will start at three fifty for the Apple Watch Sport. Right, but we believe that the Apple Watch Edition, which will be available in gold or gold or rose gold, will be about five thousand dollars. And while I don't have any problem with anyone, someone spending five thousand dollars on a watch, you especially don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I like fine watches. Fine watches start at two thousand five thousand a five thousand dollar. Fine watches to me at the entry level of fine watches. Not that I'm like you know running around with hundred thousand dollar watches, uh, you know, stacked up in my uh, watch winder or anything like that. But I do admire fine watches. And the problem though with the Apple Watch is that it will be, I don't want to say obsolete because it'll still what it'll still do what it did out of the box three years from now. But the Apple Watch that's being released three for three years from now is going to do a lot more. Right. And I just cannot, I could not possibly advise anyone to spend that much money on an Apple Watch unless they are truly interested in a conspicuous display of wealth. So that's the big problem here is to what degree will Apple upgrade Apple Watch every year? And when they do that, think of all the people who spend a lot of money, Mac Pro territory there, buying them 
What will they think if the watch becomes obsolete? Now, if you buy a regular wristwatch, I have a guess watch. I've mentioned this before. And finally, I relented and spent $5 to have the battery replaced at Walmart. (laughs) You see, you don't have to go to the jewelry store where they charge $15 to replace it. You can do it yourself, by the way. They sell kits for like $3 with the battery and this thing that pries off the back. Or you hand it to the lady or the man over at a Walmart store and $5 or $5.95 or something, they replace it for you. They're as good as anybody else. You know, obviously, if they damage your watch, they owe you a new one, so don't give them an expensive one. The key being here is that for $5, $5.95, whatever it costs, my guest watch is as good as new. And I'm happy with it. I'm looking at it right now. And this watch has to be five or 10 years old. But an Apple Watch, which basically is an appliance, a peripheral for the iPhone right now, because all the apps will be hosted on the iPhone and fed via Bluetooth to the Apple Watch. Now, do you see an issue here, my friend? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, um, I, I'm actually I'm more concerned with the fact that that battery life is going to dramatically improve uh, very quickly. The Taptic engine, this thing that they're using for uh, feedback, is, is going to be improving probably relatively quickly. The processor speed on this thing is going to be improving. Uh, this is a computer on your wrist. It's not, Apple has designed it to also serve the functionality of jewelry on your wrist, which I commend Apple for doing. But it's, it, at its heart, it's a computer on your wrist. And that's the thing that will become outdated sooner rather than later. So when you spend $5,000 on a, on a mechanical watch, it's going to be worth $5,000 10 years from now. And it's probably actually going to be worth more than that. And, uh, but when you spend $5,000 on an Apple watch, it's going to be worth its weight, the, the case weight in gold in two or three or four years at the most. And that's why, I don't know. I, I, now, the, the, the thing is, like John Martellaro, um, uh, one of my writers at the Mac Observer, uh, he wrote a piece uh, suggesting that Apple would, not suggesting, arguing that Apple might make the Apple Watch upgradable so that you could, say, take your Apple Watch that you spend 5K on today, take it into Apple, and then they would be able to replace the innards you know, the, the computer part of, of uh, this device with whatever is the latest and greatest. Now, they have not said anything about this. We're just Correct. speculating. It's pure speculation based on something. Someone, um, someone noticed that uh, uh, the Apple Watch might have this little latch on the inside that could indicate that it's, that it's easily replaceable. And that's possible, but I don't actually think that's what Apple's going to be doing. For one thing, Apple's business model in general is predicated on a you know two to three year upgrade cycle. They want people replacing these things. And remember here too, that's not Apple's situation, not their scene to allow that kind of upgrading. We have Brian Schaffin of the Mac Observer for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You're listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, 
head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. The knowledge of the ancients, tried and true, trusted herbs and extracts fused with the latest nutraceutical science. Introducing the all-new Ancient Defense Herbal Immunity Blend, crafted with over 14 key ancient herbs and extracts to supercharge and prepare your body for what experts admit is the most dangerous season of the year. We have rejected hundreds of other formulations in our quest to bring you what is simply the most powerful and comprehensive proprietary formula that we have ever created in the realm of herbal immunity. For the last two years, our team has been working with top doctors, nutritionists, and chemists to develop the ultimate nutraceutical formulation. Experience the benefits of combining over 14 ancient herbs and extracts with exciting new advances in nutraceutical science. Now is the time to secure ancient defense for you and your family. Visit ancientdefense.com or call 888-253-3139. That's ancientdefense.com. Are you always five minutes late? Maybe you're only late when you don't want to be somewhere. Then you realize you're always five minutes late. For work, you set three alarms, drag your feet in the shower, drink your coffee slowly until you're rushing out the door. Five minutes late. It's not that you hate your job. Hate is such a strong word. You're just not that excited about it. But most people don't love what they do, right? Listen, if you're local to the Twin Cities, are hardworking, self-driven with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable, and a whiz on the phone, you might want to join one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world, GCN. Because right now, we are hiring, and we offer benefits. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, where you'll want to be five minutes early every day. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
Here's that segment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, and we're talking about Apple Watch, whether Apple will future-proof it. Now, I know there's a generation of Samsung TVs that are future-proof. You could replace the electronic module with a newer one. So even though your LCD will last 10 years or 15 years, you can keep it up to date. But we don't care that much about TV sets. You know, as long as you turn them on... And they're dumb terminals to your set-top box. It doesn't matter what they do as long as they deliver a good picture. With a watch that is so dependent on operating systems and apps and software, no matter how decorative, no matter how pretty it is, and maybe you do feel great to have one on, you want to show off your Apple Watch, that's an area of concern. Yeah, it really is, and and I don't really think there's any comparison to uh, to TVs at all. This is a computer on your wrist. No one's going to accuse your TV of being a computer in your living room, and you know, just it serves entirely different functionality. And and you know, I my personal assumption is that like the second Apple Watch, the second generation Apple Watch that Apple delivered is probably going to be twenty thirty percent thinner, for instance. You know, at least at least a little bit thinner. I mean, it's like you know, how is Apple going to be designing these future iterations of innards to fit in the previous generation of uh, a case? I kind of doubt that because you know that's 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 part of what Apple maximizes the space inside its casings. I mean, at more so than than any other company on the planet. It's part of the magic of of the iPhone in particular. It's part of the magic of the of the MacBook Air. It's part of the magic of the, the new thin, the, the 5K uh, iMac that you had on your desk. It's part of that magic. And I don't think that Apple's going to make the innards upgradable. But this is uh, another little point that John made, is that Apple has been thinking about all these questions, all these questions that are new to us, all these questions that we're talking about because we're excited about what Apple is doing. These are all things that Apple has thought about two years ago, a year and a half ago, a year ago, three years ago. You know, when they first started working on this stuff, they've been thinking about these things all this time, and they happen to be very, very good at what they do. I have no doubt that Apple is going to have a compelling case to make for the Apple Watch Edition. That Apple is planning on releasing it means that Apple has has a compelling case to make for it. I just don't know what that case is yet, and absent other information, I would never, ever recommend anyone buy it. But the, the, the Apple Watch Sport and Apple Watch, the stainless steel model in the middle, those I will likely wholeheartedly endorse once we see them. And it would be interesting to see what Apple says about that. Now, I think the ideal Apple watch would be the watch that doesn't require an iPhone or any attached device, but does most of its stuff by itself. It's not going to happen for a while. Yeah, we're probably a few years out from that. I mean, it's, I don't think it's so much a problem that Apple is tethering this thing to an iPhone. Uh, but the reality is that if you want to strap a computer on your wrist and you want it to be manageable, you're going to have to give up something. And tethering it to an iPhone takes care of a lot of those somethings and keeps the device usable and wearable and manageable and attractive on your wrist, all that sort of stuff. There's always give and take, but at some point we will get an Apple Watch that can live independently from an iPhone. Calling Dick Tracy, calling Dick Tracy. <laughs> you don't like that, do you? I, I laugh. Whether or not I was laughing at you or with you is another issue. Well, we can get into that in another discussion here. <laughs> but yes, that's what I think the Apple Watch would be interesting to me. I expect I'll get one for review, and I'll like it, and I'll have fun with it. But the day that you go outside with your Apple Watch and forget to bring your iPhone, assuming you have a compatible iPhone, 
and you have something there that maybe just tells the time and not much more. What are you going to do? Are you going to realize a limitation there? Yeah, I don't know. For me personally, when do I ever leave without my iPhone? Well, that's you. You probably have it tethered to your stomach or something. <laughs> I just never leave the house. Don't leave solve. home without it. That's how I solve that issue. Yeah. Hey, imagine know, having it tethered to a stomach. Say again? It's tethered to your stomach. No, it's not actually tethered to my stomach. <laughs> yes, it is. Apple could end up getting some pushback. If, if, if there is a great limitation to how useful this device is without an iPhone, Apple will end up getting some pushback. But again, this is something that Apple's been thinking about. Think about it for a long time. Like I said, very smart people have been doing that thinking. People that are very adept at thinking about how we do things and how to change the way we do things. I'm confident that Apple has answers here. I just don't know what some of those answers are. And again, I'm looking forward to finding out. Well, I would hope they would have another media event. It wouldn't be just a press release saying, okay, here's the Apple Watch. You can buy it now. It's going to be a media event where they sum up everything it does or doesn't do. They explain everything. They answer the questions, or at least you hope they'll answer some of the questions. And that will happen, I guess, February or March with a actual shipping date. Yeah, It will be available March 24th, whatever it is. Yeah, don't forget how important this is to the Apple executives in charge. This is their opportunity to prove that they can deliver a great, innovative product to market without Steve Jobs' help and without without his hand being involved in it. And because of that, it is extremely important to all these people very personally. So we'll see a big media event. Uh, we'll see a big push. We'll probably see lots of advertisements. And of course, they'll be in the Apple Store, so you can actually go in and check them out. Yes, get your Apple Watch. Again, I will review one, but whether I would buy one is another question because I have the problem of future-proofing. Because I also am not perfect, and I recall in the last two or three months a couple of days where I went on a short errand without my iPhone. Fair enough. It'll still track your steps. It'll still tell you the time. It'll still. It, there are a lot of things that it will do without the iPhone. There's just some things that it can't do without the iPhone. I believe you sometimes. Do you think it's going to be a big success for the first year, or do you think a lot of people are going to wait a year or two to see where it goes? I think that Apple is going to have a success on its hands, and I think that Apple is going to end up getting a lot of people who don't currently wear something on their wrist to wear uh, to wear something on the wrist. And I think that uh, all of the other smartwatches from all the other companies are going to become quickly forgotten, and it's going to be Apple Watch, and it's going to be fitness tracking devices, and and mechanical watches and and well of course quartz watches too and that that apple's going to own the smart watch category um and it's only real competition for wrist space is going to be uh the you know, traditional watches and uh and these fitness trackers do you think and this is a final question companies who make traditional watches will try to get into the smart watch market yeah we've already seen some of that um and they're doing it in some interesting ways we've got uh Company called Kairos, uh, which is admittedly a new company, but they're they're putting smartwatch sensors in a strap so that you could put them with any mechanical watch. And then we've got Tag has entered has announced that they're going to do a quote unquote hybrid device that's part smartwatch, part mechanical watch. And now uh, Montblanc is going to be uh, doing something where they're putting the uh, uh, the sensors in the strap as well, so that you can have you can track your your fitness stuff with a mechanical watch on your wrist. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the things that you do. 
You can find me on a daily basis at the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. It's because he sleeps on the server. He just never leaves. It's true. And uh, yeah, I'm my personal plug is at geektells.com. No, he doesn't do that. You can find us on Twitter where we do not hang out on the servers. We're known as Tech Night Owl. We're known as Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We also are now offering Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot com, and you can sign up for our premium service, $5 a month, $50 a year. Right now, the first thing we're offering is the ad-free version of this show, a higher-resolution copy, so it sounds a little bit better. You can hear all the dulcet tones and the distortion or whatever is on there, but it'll sound better, plus.technightowl.com for Tech Night Owl Plus. And we've got another radio show, folks. This is not the only one. I got one more. It's called The Paracast. And it's about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And we're going to do kind of -of out-of-box thinking. Not out-of-saucer thinking. Out-of-box thinking with a guy named Greg Bishop. He comes on every year or two. And he's an amazing guy. And he tells you about a lot of amazing things at The Paracast. At Paracast.com. Once again, that's Paracast.com. But this is the Tech Night Owl Live. And Brian Chaffin, we thank you once again for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.